I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? In the fridge, you'll find some Cliff Builder bars for us muscle men and some Red Bulls for us muscle men. You can oh, have either. There's also a mystery sauce in the door. Oh, that's old as hell. <laughs> Did you find that under the couch? We're going to leave that in there. Yeah. <laughs> when I got rid of the couch down here, I found all these sauces. See, if you were at, here right now at the Tubby Boy Zone, you'd find tiramisu stout. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. It's, awful. it's dessert and a beer. That makes me not happy. Yeah. <laughs> don't love that. Tom, you didn't have any tiramisu stout while you were in ye old Spain? Yeah, ye old. That's where Spain. it's from. Spain is filled with people who cannot walk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're bad walkers. All of them. They're they're the kind of people that um, are not smart enough to like be spatially aware that when someone is walking in the center of the sidewalk, neither of them will back down. Mm, it's like a constant sweet. game of chicken, right? Especially in Barcelona. Barcelona though is all transplants. It's the L.A. of Spain. Yeah, like no one is. No one's like, yeah, I'm from Barcelona. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, Fun though, but you spent time uh, there. You spent a bunch of time. How long were you there? We were there for a week. Okay, but I don't remember. Lizzie and I are just such fast walkers that cities have to be like really bad for us to think that the people in in them are what bad walkers because we're just going around them, like jumping off the street to go around people. Uh, first yeah. night there, I tried to do that because I I'm also a yeah. fast walker, and I uh I was got hit by one of those fancy electric buses oh, because you can't yeah. hear it coming yeah, behind yeah. you. They just whip right by. I stepped out <laughs> yeah. into the street and I was I popped right back on the sidewalk and the thing brushed my shoulder and I was like, wow, that could I have died. Yeah. First day in Barcelona, awesome. Oof, oof, yeah. The price of technology. That's what they're paying. This is, it's electric buses run on paella. <laughs> they have enough of it. They certainly have enough of it. Tapas everywhere. Yeah. Oh, love the tapas. It's all they yeah. had in Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, can, we just, no, just, can we just not call them tapas? They're starters, dude. The starters, come <laughs> not, on. Not when you're finishing with a cigarette. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. The smoking attitude. You guys didn't even ask me. We're we're just talking. This yeah. is a soft roll. Hi, welcome to Rust Mortem. You belong here. We all belong here. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the other thing? Let's start the show, Let's which I should have said before. It's okay. But we've already started the show. We did. We're already on Tom's week. Yeah, I'm back uh, from two weeks in Europe. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but Europe is where Spain is. What? And uh, inside Spain... They wouldn't admit this, but inside Spain is a country called Portugal. Oh, <laughs> no way. Yep. That's a crazy. little Iberian Peninsula. Yeah, ham town. That's what I call it. Oh, my God. So much ham. good ham. Yeah. Tom, did you and Gabby, I know you were mooning the entire population of yes. both countries. I did take a picture of um, me mooning Lisbon 
but I didn't send it to you. Uh, I forgot <laughs> oh, to. No. Did you guys climb up that greased ham pole? No, that's that's in spring. You should have just done it. <laughs> just brought pole? out your own. <laughs> Where's the pole, damn it? <laughs> All right, I don't want to get into vacation. No one wants to hear about my vacation. It was a great time. Uh, I can't take it back even what if I the, wanted to. What was the best single food item you ate? That'll be the only thing you talk about. And best cigarette. And the best cigarette. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> That's a trick question. Um, food? We did eat a lot. I don't know. Like, when you're in, when you're in Porto, great place. If you're going to Portugal, start in Porto and then work your way down to Lisbon. Uh, bacalhau. It's cod. Oh. But they make it a hundred different ways. That's cool. So oh. you, you get a bunch of different cods. Yeah, I think right. uh, bacalhau a braga, if my accent is right. That was good. That's like where they get these little roasted potatoes in there, and they uh, they they roast everything up all nice. And they drop in it. It's, it's beautiful. Mm. Uh, that was good. Cigarettes there are a sham. Oh, no. They Whoa. are... Europe, why no new ports? <laughs> well, no, they have they have old ports. They old they ports. wish, Connor. They wish. So apparently, apparently, uh, menthol, legit menthol, is illegal there. Oh yeah, yeah, it's coming here. My friend, we're, I was we were talking about it recently, and he's like, "Oh, I every time I go buy a pack of cigarettes, I just buy three because I'm worried about the menthols. I'm just yeah, like stashing away." Dude. dude, why why would they do that to the black community? <laughs> Why does the world hate blacks so much? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it. And why do I they hate goth it. girls? The other people who smoke menthols. I and, and I fall into between them. You're I'm right somewhere between, between a big yeah. titty goth girl and a black person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. And I'm great. Um, so <laughs> cigarettes there are bad. Uh, but I was sick through a bunch of it. So that pack you gave me, that lasted like most of the trip. Nice. I'm glad. I'm glad oh, I could help. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Connor, how how you been? We've been, uh, how's your week? How's all the things doing? Uh, I was good. Uh, my sister got married. Well, didn't technically get married. Had a wedding. At, you know, she. Did, I think this is the trend now. Tom did it, and now my sister's doing it. You get married, and then you have the party later. Yeah. Works yeah, out. I think I remember you telling me she got married a long time ago. Yeah, so now we had the party, <laughs> okay. and it was great. I gave a nice little speech, uh, got drunk, not too drunk, which was nice, towed the line right in between. Oh, yeah, that's a skill, man. Yeah, wore a tuxedo. Um. Yeah, it was good. Good time. How, did you get a uh, an online tuxedo? Yeah, black tux. Yeah, I've got a few of those. Yeah, yeah. they should sponsor us. They and should. I can tell them how uncomfortable their shoes are. The shoes are very Ooh. uncomfortable, but I got I got married in my black tux. Yeah, no, it was it fit well. It yes. was good. Uh, I wore my own white shirt and I wore my own tie. Smart. So really, it was just the pants, shoes, and jacket. But that's all yeah. I needed. So yeah. it worked out. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Nice. I feel like you. Everyone needs to invest in a good pair of black Oxfords, you know, mm-hmm. because them shoes. You know, you don't want to get blisters and shit on them. No, not at all. On the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was good. Travis, how's uh, how's your week's been? <clears throat> I've been uh, jet setting too, a little bit more exotic than Tom. I went to upstate New York. Oh, um, far more exotic. Yeah, a l- little bit more exotic. That's where the culture uh, is. That's where the, that's where the bricks have stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my paella was uh, in- in- attic insulation, crawling around. Okay. Doing, nice. doing house wiring, 
which you know is kind of scary because there's a lot of vaults of electricity but you know i think i hooked everything up right it's like uh, connecting a video game system it's the same thing mm-hmm. yeah um fire they all require <laughs> a little fire to be exciting yeah. dude but my house has a chimney so if it if fire catches if anything catches on fire it's going in the chimney of course that's um, how it works. So you crawled around insulation. You pulled some wires. Did you do um, network stuff? Oh no! This is a this is a low tech house here. Okay, low so. tech house. We're not no no networking. Okay, so just yeah. one router in the middle of the family room floor that we'll have yep. to reach. Good. Yep. Okay. That's the traditional American way. Yeah. Yeah. I just I ran some extra copper wire that doesn't have any water. Uh, extra copper pipes that doesn't have any water. I'm gonna call that internet. <laughs> Dude, just shove like Wikipedia pages you print out in there. Yeah. Just have your mom select one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. I'm going to learn about boogie boarding. <laughs> <laughs> very important subject. And we also have a very important subject today to talk about. Good. Nice segue. Yeah. And uh, so we're not actually traveling that far from our last subject, Hague, because we're going to be in France. Oh boy! Hell but yeah. we're going back in time more. Yes, I hope we are going. We're going <laughs> way far back in time to the 14th century. Oh, thank God! That's a that's, that's, that's a long, a, long time ago. Yeah. Some good shit there. <laughs> yeah, the uh, sen- the not a great century, but we're going to talk about why 14th century is not a great century. Now, it's always fun to talk about kings and queens and gen and generals, but. You know, when you really love history and you want to you get your history boner all erect, you, you love looking for those sources of glimpses into the average person. And if yeah. you get a primary source, I mean, you're, you're about to come. That's pretty much what history is. Yeah. When, when you go into a library, right, Connor, and you see, like, primary sources are usually sticky. Oh, very sticky. <laughs> you usually yeah. have to, like, they're wrapped in cellophane to try and keep them safe. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Mm. <laughs> Thank God so, for the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So not only are we looking at the 14th century, but we're going to be looking at a 14th century primary source, a commoner here. Wow. Whoa. And hold Weird. your breath. Hold your breath. It's going to be a woman. Whoa. Wait a minute. They had women oh. in the 14th century? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, apparently. That's crazy. Is that why it was so bad at the time? Well, you know, women actually first existed in 1870. That's according to history, right? You know, okay. Just, uh, yeah. Before that, they were just walking wombs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting how these things pan out. Uh, all right. So I lied a little bit. Our subject is not the average commoner. Our subject is Ermi- ermine. Rams or Rams or Roms. I, I can never. I looked up. There's a million different pronunciations of it. Oh, that means we get everyone we try is correct. Yeah, yeah. Make sure each time you try, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also French. French is yeah. nasty. It's gross. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm gonna, de Rimes. All right. Yeah. I'm going to call it Rams. I, I listen to a French guy on YouTube go like, Rams. You should like, probably. Sweep your computer for viruses now. Yeah. He's like, this is the only French word that we say S on. <laughs> so, 
Ermine is a simple country bumpkin that moved to the city of Reims. Uh, and it was uh, plagued. And after she moved to the city, she was plagued by almost nightly visitations of demons. Oh, I thought you were going to say she was plagued by the plague. But yeah. demons is far more interesting. That would also I, be some of the worst writing on the show, if that's what you wrote in the script. <laughs> plagued by the plague. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because uh, there's also going to be a lot of people plagued by the plague. We're in the 14th century here. That's right. Um, so, uh, she may have been like an average person, but this, an average peasant kind of person, but this was a crazy bitch. She was kinky. She was stinky. And we're going to jump right into it. Okay. So historians believe that Ermine was born around 1347. We don't know when exactly she was born. That's the date that they've kind of deduced. But the 1340s is the starting decade of the plague. So good timing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Uh, um, this period is known as the late medieval period. And uh, we, like I said, we don't really know the date because it's a woman. Um, even, even women don't, even women that see stinky demons don't get a uh, birthday, apparently. No birthdays for women. <laughs> well, I mean, it's fine. Look at all the famous men who try to hide their birthday. Right. You know, it's, who cares? Who really cares? Do you even yeah. like cake? We know yeah. you do. Exactly. But are you willing to admit it, let alone your birthday? All I right, mean, well, yeah. Sorry. What was the cake even made of back then? <laughs> it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was human shit. So, Tom, you mentioned the plague. Uh, right off the bat, we had to address the elephant in the room. And that is, in fact, that Ermine is actually named after a cute little weasel, namely Ermine. And when you see a picture of, like, the typical king, right, with that, and they wear the red robe, and they wear, like, the white, like, kind of collar with the yeah. little black spots on it, those mm. are hundreds or maybe, you know, tens of dead, er cute little ermine weasels. Is that what that is? The yeah, little like black I've, spot. yeah, I've heard of that, like, the ermine fur. Or, yeah. Huh. That's so yeah. weird. Why not just use a bigger animal? Not cute enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason why the, they have the little black spots is because that's apparently there's one little black part on the er ermine's tail. And uh, the more spots you have, the more ermines you have on your collar. I would, so, just, I would yeah. just send a guy to go get a tiger for me. Yeah. Just shred that bitch and cover <laughs> myself proper. <laughs> now, ermine was born into a small rural town named Vermandilus, which is near n the northern French city of Arras. Oh. I don't know where those are. I, well, Arras, uh, World War I battle lines. So just think that area. Okay. No, yeah. It's coming. Get ready, Arras. Yeah. Maybe this is why she left the demons there. Yeah. You never know. This place smells. Yeah. Now, Tom, you called it because uh, she was born, um, you know, in fourteen or in uh, thirteen forty-seven, and that same year was when the plague broke out. Oh, it's the same year. I wasn't sure if it was then or thirty. Look, it doesn't matter. That's splitting hairs. I still right. nailed it. Yeah, yeah, well done. So, in the fourteenth century, the fourteenth century is often called the calamitous century. Yeah, calamitous <laughs> century. Yeah. 
Um, so this was not only because England and France were locked in a war known as the Hundred Years War, which was actually 116 years. Uh, there was something called the Great Schism of the Western Church, also known as the Western Schism or the Papal Schism or the Great Occidental Schism or my favorite, the Vatican Standoff. Ooh, that nice. makes it sound like the Pope and uh, like Alter Pope are in like a Wild West shootout. Yeah, like, yeah. Just guns drawn, two staring-looking popes yeah. with like weird little hats. They don't know where to shoot because where does the head begin and where does the hat start? Speaking to each other in Latin, really slow. Dominus <laughs> Instead of the uh, the little dustbin floating by, you know, in the middle of the thing, it's a meatball. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got a gang of raped altar boys behind him. He's just like my gang so that very same year, 1347, some salami Sicilian man unloading some hentai from an Asian merchant ship came down with a little bit of a cold. And of course, since this was an Italian man, you know, he, he was like, ah, oh, nothing, honey. It's just a little sniffle. You know, I, I'm fine. I'm going to be good. No biggie. It's just called, doctor said it's called the Black Death. No biggie. I'm a white guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that is that is every man. That's been me. That, that was Tom in Spain. I was yeah. in Spain. I'm fine. <laughs> you have a broken foot. We don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> so a little Sicilian passed around uh, what we now know is little uh, fleas. You know the bubonic plague. It's passed around through mice, fleas, and shit like that, and it spread all throughout Europe. And by the time the plague reached um, northern France, within a year. Uh, it had decimated rural populations with a mortality rate of 50%. So you got a 50-50 shot, dead oh. or alive. Really? Oh, yeah. I thought it was actually higher than that. I thought it was, um, well, no, what I mean to say is, like, if you got it, were you definitely going to die? No, there were other people, there were people, plenty of people that survived. Okay, I thought that basically if you got it, you were shot. So everyone who didn't get it had a voice. I think the ratio of, like, if you got it was high, like, you'd die was higher than, like, if you got it, it wasn't a 50-50 shot at living, but rather, like, 50% of the population pre-plague died, right? Um, at least from what I saw was the mortality rate of 50%, but I might be wrong. Okay. Well, no, because that mortality, well... Yeah, because is that just that would infected, be like or is that the whole population? And also, God. it's different in different places. Yeah, you know, it, it it varies, but and I know also it is about fifty percent of the population in certain areas are completely wiped out. Like we're yeah. talking entire villages, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean the the rate was high. That's all. You know, yeah, I'm dead. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like it. I'm no. glad we don't deal with it anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you think, like, a 50% mortality rate, that's pretty cra crazy. I mean, like, you know, with, like, COVID or whatever, it was, like, 2% mortality or something, and everyone was freaking out. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, you've got, like, this double whammy. You know, you've got the Hundred Years' War going on, so people are dying all over France. You've got the Black Death going on, so it's almost hard to calculate the exact numbers of dead because you've got plague on top of war. <laughs> <laughs> and mm. no one's being really specific about what's killing what, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's just, it is just like COVID then. 
the CIA, you know, sliding in there and just killing everyone. <laughs> yeah. At the yeah. same time, you can't tell. <laughs> this guy's got an axe in his yeah. head. I wonder if he died of the plague. He died yeah. of COVID. Oh, <laughs> he died with plague. <laughs> now I'm going to save a lot of the specifics of the Hundred Year War for another episode, because remember we're focusing on a commoner, and all that they know is that like shit's going to hell everywhere. People are like getting chopped up in the pieces and getting pustules and boobons on their body and dying in the street. They also don't know what germs are. Nope. So they no. probably weren't as grossed out by pustules, if you think about it. Like, we, I wonder if that's true, yeah. Yeah, like, we're, you know, we're so conditioned, to, everything is gross, and it, it always has been. But, like, what do you think it's like to just think, oh, yeah, it's just a little ketchup? Well, something. isn't, like, a is a festering wound, is that, like, a evolutionary thing? Like, do animals, yeah. like, recoil from other animals that have wounds? Maybe. I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Other, if if that wasn't the case, then I'm very angry at how I've been conditioned. <laughs> but wait, weren't they also? What was the animal that they were blaming it on? That like weren't they blaming cats and they're killing cats that were killing the rats that were carrying the flies? Specifically, <laughs> specifically in England. England. Yeah, was, they were like yeah. kill the cats. I heard that it was unrelated. They killed the cats not because of the plague. They were killing them for another reason. Oh, just good sport. Yeah, and then <laughs> well, <'cause they're> <laughs> while the plague was happening, and then it just totally right. blew up. All right. So, Ermine survived the plague, uh, but at, even at such a young age, when growing up as a child, it must have left some trauma. Um, we don't know how the plague or, or the wars affected her family, but uh, kind of based on what we're going to learn about her, we can only kind of assume it's probably not that good. So, Ermine marries a man named Renault. And uh, the two of them live the peasant's life in a town called, uh, I'm going to call it Lunchex. Lunchex. All right. Lunchex. Yeah, Yeah, Lunchex. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, Now, because the plague had decimated the countryside specifically so much, there was a mass influx of people moving to the cities in the 1350s. Um, And the cities are kind of seen like today's Florida for the 14th century because the majority of this influx were old people because like their families had died and they figure mm. move to a city where they'll be around you know young people to pick young, up the paper right. for them or yeah remove the mold off this bread when you said it's like florida i was picturing like florida man stories so i was picturing like town criers running around france being like city man fights alligators in town sewer like <laughs> Yeah, I think that was going on too. They were oh, just right. flogging themselves. Yeah. <laughs> was that very popular at the time? Uh, yes, flogging? we have. A, we're yeah. going to go very deep into what's called aesthetics, not, uh, not us. Oh, not aesthetics. 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 Not aesthetics. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um. So you actually had to when you moved to a city in France at the time. You actually had to pay five sous. To move there. So you had to actually pay to live in the city. Um, so somehow... Like, Irm- like now? <laughs> what? Like now? Well, yeah, but like... Well, I guess like that's like income tax, right? Well, there's a specific city tax. And even when I was traveling, like they... Like when you're at a hotel, you're technically living in the city. And when you check out, it's the last thing you pay. 
Yeah. Tiny little tax. Really? It's stupid. It's yeah. like our, our stay in Palma, they were like, that'll be uh, two euro, please. It's like you're you're behind the city walls, so you are a mouth to feed when the siege begins. They are built like that. Yeah. Like all those old cities. It's like you're in a castle. Yeah. Thank God. we're You're in the fortress. <laughs> Thank yeah. God you're here. Who knows well, what would have happened? Well, they're still they're doing it back then. Uh, so somehow we know at least Ermine and Renault have some money to fork up this money up front to move to the city. And so they decide to move to Reims. Now, Reims is a uh, ancient and important city in France. Um, while it wasn't the largest metropolis, it held cultural and spiritual significance as it was the site where French kings were coronated for centuries. Hmm. Okay. Um, so they would, all the French kings would go to Reims and, you know, they, I don't know, get dripped in oil and given a hand job behind the chapel. And they're like, you're king now. Let me oh, ask man. you something. Does France still have, a, like, some kind of, like, one of those fake monarchies? That no, they, they're, they're still um, descendants of the Ancien Regime, mm -hmm. but they are not. The French nobility is gone. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, that happened. So they finally did it, like, the 18... 1850s i would assume they finally that, finally were like we're done that series of yeah. revolutions probably yeah because like napoleon happened out. but then they came back then they went away again then they came back and then i think finally in the third republic was when they were finally booted out yeah. so enough heads have rolled where we're just let's get rid of these guys yeah so congratulations england every french king is dead yes well yeah. done england cool when <laughs> philip gets his or uh What's his fucking name? Charles. Charles. Yeah. When he gets his holy hand job, then it'll be English kings for the That's future. That's why he's growing his hands so <laughs> yeah. much. He's gonna give it to himself publicly. It's gonna be so weird yeah. to see it. Just so you yeah. know, if you don't understand this, they actually will just lather his hands up in oil because that is part of the coronation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? So we are going to watch him get his both of his hands like basted with oil by another old bishop. <laughs> And he was gonna like rub it all over and be like, "You're now your king, Charles." Yeah, he's it's actually just the... it's actually just lubiderm. <laughs> he's gonna climb up to and the top of the, the other arm, the yeah. top of the palace, and he's gonna jerk himself off with two hands and gonna the whole time gonna go, "I'm bucking, I'm bucking, I'm bucking." Yep, that's how <laughs> it goes. And then everyone goes, the "King has come." Yeah. <laughs> so do you have this couple living in this big city? They're little bum country bumpkins. Now, there was a pretty big age gap between Ermine and Renal. Um, when they moved to Reims, uh, Ermine was about in her late 30s, and Renal was in his late 60s. Um, and at this point, oh. he was very old and frail and couldn't work anymore. Oh, so that's why he's retiring to the city. Yeah. Like you said, it's going to Florida. When did they get married? Not that it matters back then. We don't really know when they got know. married. Everyone yeah. in the village might have been dead, so. Yeah. It's like, hey, uh, look. It's I just know me and you. I know you're 10, <laughs> but I just got to do something with my life. We have to do it for society. Yeah. We must rebuild. There's plenty of people right there. I see them. No, no, no. Those are all. They're all. Those are the demons. Yeah. I don't like them. So when they move to the city, Ermine has to become the breadwinner for the couple. Uh, who they're actually childless. We don't know if they had a child at some point and it died, but they don't have children. Uh, so they couldn't rely on children to look after them because that was also kind of a thing, right? It, you know, you have kids and then they look after the old folks once they're old. Yeah. Um, 
we don't know exactly how Ermine paid the bills, um, but for many women in Reem at the time, in her station, you know, her level of society, uh, there were a few jobs that they did. One was seed collectors, and the other one was straw sellers. (laughs) Bro, those are sick jobs. Yeah. Just going out in the woods looking for seeds. was, Was seed selling and straw... Collecting, not a, an available job. <laughs> yeah, no, they weren't allowed to collect the straw. They could only sell it. Women are not allowed to collect these straws. This is a men's job. I will give you the straws to sell later. Go and get I me will some sell seeds, the seeds bitch. you collect. Yes. I will sell those because that's men talk. <laughs> so here's where it all begins. So in 1393... Renault dies at the age of 72. Good for him. That's a pretty what long a life. Yeah, what a, what a run in the 14th century. Right? Yeah. And you lived through the plague. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the Hundred Years' War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ermine is now, she's uh, 46 years old. She's widowed and childless. Things are not looking good for her. Now, um... As I mentioned, you know, if they had children at the time, the children probably would have come in and taken care of her, but this wasn't an option. You know, she was just in the city alone. You know, maybe you're going to live on the streets. I mean, what's the weather like? Uh, This is the Champagne region, so I can only assume that it rains champagne a lot. Yeah, probably. That's that's a good way to go. That's pretty cool. The people in New York City have to buy their champagne to kill themselves with. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Just getting it for free. Yeah. Sleeping with your mouth open. Now, there is a role called an anchoress, and we talked about this a little bit on our previous roast of Agnes Blend Beckon. And these were essentially upper-class widows or unwed that lived together kind of like nuns, but they weren't really nuns. They were just kind of like wealthy women that kind of lived in a commune and obeyed kind of the laws of being a nun. They obviously weren't as well. Because actually, to be a nun, you had to make a lot. You had to come from, like, aristocracy. So it's like a sorority of poor widowed ladies. It's like 40-year-old lesbians. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Which I always think is funny because some people, well, interesting that, you know, people are like, oh, how come that person didn't become a nun or, like, a monk or whatever? You had to actually have a lot of money to become a nun or a monk. They don't want to take anyone. Yeah, you have to pay for the robes. Now they'll take anyone. You got to pay for the haircut. I saw a stat today. Uh, 1% of all nuns in the U.S. are under the age of 40. And the average age of nuns in America is 80. What? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. 80 yeah. is the average. Whew. Holy shit. Well, you know, 1% under 40. That's probably the most miserable 1% of people ever. Oh, yeah. It's oh, got to yeah. be like, what, like 100 women? 100 women who are just <laughs> like, they're, they would be happier... They would be, they don't want to see God or angels. They really just want to see a school shooter. They just want to be put out. Yeah. <laughs> so this role as an anchoress or a nun was not an option for Ermine because she didn't have the wealth to join the boring sorority of anchoresses or become a nun and get the cool robes. But lucky for Ermine, her and her husband attended a church called Val des Iquelors. Yeah. That's probably um, perfect. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, and had become with, 
had become friends with the sub-prior Jean Le Gravier. Um, so in 1393, Le Gravier took Ermine as a woman of the church. So she wasn't exactly a nun. She wasn't really an anchoress in the traditional sense, but she lived at this church and did menial tasks like clean up and lived under the tenants of the clergy. Oh, okay. All right. Not bad. Yeah. So like a custodian Some... church lady. All right, just make sure there's no cigarette butts on the, on the <laughs> fucking altar, okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so with Ermine living at uh, Ecolier, the church, uh, let's pause for a second and talk about what's happening within the Catholic Church at the time because it is a complete shitstorm. So as, a, as opposed to any other times in the Catholic Church? Uh, yeah, well, that's very true. <laughs> I think right now is the best time. Because they're only working on improving their image. So <laughs> it's already it, at the bottom. It's just it was at, it was at the bottom. I would say it was really at the bottom a few years ago when people were paying attention to it. And now it's like, you know, a pope just died. Yeah, and no one's even had it. Now we've finally only got one pope. We're 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 back yeah. down to just one. Yeah. Other than two. And everyone seems to like him because he's just like, Maybe we should share our money. Yeah. <laughs> So he's got good PR. Yeah. So I mean, right it, now is a great time to join the church if you haven't thought about it. Yeah. Get a little be- bit of that guilt. It beats Nazi Pope, the one that just died. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he did anything at well, all. Well, let's not, just say Nazi, he's a Nazi or Pope. when he was older. Yeah. I don't think he did anything. He was a baby when he was a Nazi. The Nazi youth. Yeah. Oh, we have the on. actual Nazi Pope. Yeah. He, yeah. he was during the Nazis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, let me have my fun and just call him Nazi Pope because he looks you, like a Nazi. Yeah, he does kind of look like a Nazi. <laughs> well, he's dead now, so now you got to yeah. call him dead Nazi Pope. Dead Nazi yeah. Pope. Yeah, zombie. All right, dead, so what, what's going Nazis. on in 14th century Nazi so, Popes? <laughs> yeah, you may, you may have heard of something called the Great Schism, which was in 1054, and this was the separation of the Greek Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church. That's like the big one, right? And they break away. It, more than just Greek Orthodox, it was just Orthodox. Well, yeah, Orthodox. All, all yeah. of it. Russians, Roman Orthodox, Greeks, and yeah. All of them, yeah. Oh, man. The Great I wish, Schism. I wish it didn't happen. You know, we'd, we'd probably be a, bit, a better... We'd have Sorry. cooler crosses, because the Orthodox crosses are cooler. Yeah. More lines. <sighs> More Their lines, hats yeah. are dumber, though. Uh, Their hats are... They look uh, like muffin. Bags. I think they got cooler costumes. <laughs> yeah, they got the the dark colors. They're kind of intimidating. They're too serious. They're not supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to oh, be like, oh, you, it's Lent. Okay. Let's put on a little purple. You yeah, know? got you. I got you. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the schism that we are talking about happened 300 years later, in the year 1378, and the reverber- reverberations of this w- went well into the 15th century. So, um, right when Ermine is alive, this is kind of going on. So the end of the, at the end of the 13th century, uh, and maybe not at the end of the 13th century. <laughs> Hold on a second. I think I might have wrote the, wrote the wrong thing here. Um, the beginning of the 13th century uh, saw one of the most authoritarian popes in all of history, and that was Pope Boniface VIII. Boniface? Boniface. Yeah, it wasn't Bonifix. It was it wasn't Bonifix. Boniface. Bono, Bonnie face. <laughs> uh, what? A, stupid, stupid names. Yeah. yeah. 
My favorite pope name is Innocent. I think I like it's just innocent. really funny. I think that the, one of the Innocents was a real asshole. Right? One, innocent the Third started the Crusades. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always like oh. Sixus because it's with an Sixus. X. Sixus. Oh right, yeah, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So Pope Boniface the Eighth. Uh, I'd like to do a complete roast on him, but needless to say, uh, his. Informal posthumous nickname was the last emperor of Rome. That's how much power he had. All right. Um, so Boniface tried to install um, a dynasty based on nepotism and corruption and violence to his actual family, right? So he had like nephews and shit, and he was like, oh, my nephew's going to be the next pope, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, and try to make the popedom into a monarchy. Yes. This is uh, pre Borgias, right? The Borgias are like Renaissance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Before the Medicis, before the Borgias. Um, I don't know exactly. It was funny because so Pope Boniface VIII, they elected the Pope before him was this guy that like they picked and he lived in the mountains in the Alps, like naked. <laughs> Said that. He just lived See? naked in the mountains. And they picked him and they had to send this whole, you know, all these guys up to tell him that, hey, you're Pope. <laughs> that's the and, kind of pope i want <laughs> yeah yeah but then this this dickhead finds out like why, why are you picking caveman so he like basically kicked him out of the pope and took power wow um, yeah it's perfectly peaceful hippie mm-hmm. just yeah. listening to grateful dead uh painting a yellow school bus a different shade of yellow <laughs> really <laughs> a kind soul so with this last emperor of rome boniface the eighth King Philip the Fourth of France is like this guy is really bad. I don't like him, uh, and not only that, he excommunicated me. Uh, so he tries to actually take him captive, the Pope. Oh, it's this it's this time period that where there's like a million popes. Uh, yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a hilarious time period for Catholics. <laughs> yeah. So Pope Boniface died. He 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 escapes this uh, this whole trying to take him captive. But Boniface dies in 1309, and uh, Rome is an absolute shithole. Uh, there's another pope that lasts a year, and then King Philip is able to sway the cardinals to elect a French pope named Pope Clement V. Now. Uh, Clement was like, you know what? Rome is really stinky. The pizza's not as good as New York. I'm going to be honest here. And I'm going to move the papal see to where I am from, which is South France, in a place called Avignon. The so, Avignon Popes. Yeah. What a great side plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is like DLC for the Catholic Church. Yeah. <laughs> Extra bonus content. So, I'm going to start my own papacy with blackjack yeah. and hookers. <laughs> so for, for the majority of the 14th century, popes did not live in the Vatican, but rather presided in Avignon, where they constructed the Palace of the Popes, which is still around today, and you can go visit it, which I'd like to do. How cocky. Palace of the Popes? Well, yeah, just being like, well, you know, what do we call it? Do we find something, like, what does the Vatican mean? Does it have a... Well, the building is the Apostolic Palace. The Apostolic Palace. Okay, yeah. good. Um, and the Vatican's the city. Yeah. Right. But I don't know what Vatican means. I don't know either. Well, we'd have to assume it comes from somewhere. Somewhere Probably. perhaps holy. Yeah. They're like, nah, it's my job. Make it about me. The palace <laughs> of me. 
and my yeah, it's, other guys. It's like a guy from like Las Vegas. You know, Las Vegas wasn't even a thing back then, but he came to France. He's like, you're going to call this the Palace of the Popes. It's like how Andrew Tate had his name written on that uh, uh, storage unit he was living in. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, sure. All right, Vatican etymology. This is crazy. A name dating back to the Roman Republic would be the place from where prophecies would be issued. From Vaticanari or Vaticanus, meaning Vatican Hill. Vaticanari meaning to prophecies, to prophesy or oracle. Now, isn't oh. prophecy against Catholicism? Like, You'd think so, right? I think no, I... it is. Like, like, technically, you're not supposed to be like doing any kind of prophecy. They don't do that. It's like more proverbs oh, and shit. It's even, all right, it's, it makes more sense. Vaticanus is the hill on Rome that the uh, Basilica of St. Peter's was built. Oh, okay. So it's okay. just kind of like the, that's what that, the name means, but it's really just the name of the hill. That, gotcha. That's where the Vatican is. So right, so like if they changed the Catholic headquarters of Brooklyn, it would be like Bushwick. Yeah, Bushwick. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Kew Gardens. Yeah. <laughs> Kew Gardens. <laughs> the next stop. <laughs> Kew Gardens, holy place. <laughs> So now, if you can imagine, um, the papacy has always been corrupt, but the popes that existed during this Avignon papacy were like really, really bad. Avignon was known as the Babylon of the West. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was how kind of corrupt and sinful it was. Now, I'm going to quickly kind of go over um, some of these Avignon popes. Maybe we can come back to them. But I just thought that some of these ones were really hilarious. So after Clement V was John the 22nd, who was actually a banker, which was something that you weren't supposed to do as a Christian. Mm. Um, but, you know, you're in Avignon. People got to spend that money around. Um, after that was a guy named Benedict the 11th, who was this burly ass, heavy drinking carpenter that somebody randomly elected. Oh, and sounds like Jesus. That's fun. This is good. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. He's a carpenter. He drinks a lot of wine. I, we got I, something going here. I would love to visit the streets of Avignon. <laughs> yeah. So this guy was such a drunk that people at the time in the 13th century had a saying when they went to the tavern, let's drink like the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> we should use that. Yeah, I'm uh, just going to I would like to adopt that, that Let's one. drink like the Pope. <laughs> Um, there was Clement VI, who was basically the Playboy Pope, who would sleep with every queen that was granted audience to him. That's funny um, as fuck. He's probably like, hey, you priest, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? You just raping boys? You ain't a bad boy like me? I fuck chicks. I fuck chicks in their bed. Not in the closet. Okay? I fuck chicks with titties. I bang broads. The Bible says don't do that for me, for my role. I'm not supposed to, but I'm badass. So keep fucking your boys over there. I'll be fucking titties. <laughs> and finally, we get to Gregory the Eleventh, who started to see how ridiculous this palace of the popes is becoming. I love how we have, like, Clement, Benedict, and then Greg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Help us, Greg. <laughs> Greg, clean up the streets of Avignon. <laughs> yeah, so Greg 11, he's like, this is ridiculous. This palace of Avignon's getting wild. So on January 17th, 1377, Pope Greg has a vision, and he says, you know what? I'm going to move the Pope 
the papal see back to Rome. We're going back to the Vatican. Fuck this nice. shit. He just liked the warmer weather. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> at me, at Greg11. <laughs> I'm sick of these rainy clouds in France. Greg packs up the palace of the popes with all the cardinals, all the bishops, and returns back to the Vatican. And then he immediately realizes that that is a complete mistake. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Uh, well... Uh, in the absence of the papal see, various neighboring royals and influential like mobsters, like people of influence from rich families, had completely overrun Rome. Are you telling and, me there's like mobsters or like uh, shady individuals in Italy? You know, it's funny. This period and into the um, the Renaissance, it very much is like you know the streets of New York. <laughs> yeah, feudal gangs. <laughs> yeah. That's um, fun. I'm here so. to take back the Vatican. Sorry, we're dealing heroin out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a flop house now. Yeah. You could stay yeah. in there for a few weeks while we move some product. Here, look around on Realtor.com. Uh, hey, Pope, I hear you're gonna really good at cleansing stuff. Can you yeah. wash this money for me? <laughs> you taste this? <laughs> uh, so... One of the big players was this woman named Catherine Benicassa. Uh, she famously hooked up with Playboy Pope Clemmy VI and was a living saint after they banged. Clemmy VI was like, you're now a saint. He beatified <laughs> that pussy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she does anal. <laughs> so Greg Eleven is there in Rome for 18 months, and he decides to move the papal seat back to Avignon. He's like, this is just not working out. Dirty. There's street gangs. But then he dies. Uh, he was only 48 years old, so there was probably foul play. I didn't see any of it in my research. But uh, besides the fact that he had a lot of gout, he was one of them gouty boys. Mm. Uh, a lot of beef. Yeah. <laughs> beef but, but old Greg died at 48. In the wake of Greg's death... Uh, the powerful Roman families, including Catherine, assembled, much like uh, the Goombas in a Martin Scorsese film. They used violence and intimidation to pressure the cardinals of Rome to, or the cardinals in Rome, to an elect a Roman or at the very least an Italian as the next pope. That's kind of um, hard to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of easy. But it's let's be real. The, like I think eighty nine percent of all popes have been Italian. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, um, in terms of like uh, moral standing. Oh, you know, it's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> somebody's yeah. doing something. So everyone's got a racket, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they're not especially, pope types, especially these cardinals. Because uh, so the cardinals went off to Saint Peter's Basilica and they started to deliberate. You know, for the next pope. I think we were actually in Italy, Tom, when they were electing one of them, right? With the they send out the black plume or whatever. Yeah, they meet. They well, meet in the Sistine Chapel. That's where the College of Cardinals meets to elect the Pope, and yeah. then they send up black smoke when they've got one. I think. Uh, I forget. Like I know it is very. They they uh, once again appropriating from Native Americans. What they've done is they've created a suspense system where yeah. every day it just shows like via chimney uh, if they are meeting. And then if, yeah, I think it is black smoke when that comes up. Um, or maybe it's white smoke when they got I think a guy. Wh yeah, white smoke, Pope, black smoke, nope. Right. Oh, <laughs> there we go. 
Yeah, so they're they're in the church. They're, you know, discussing who's going to be the next pope. Outside, there's a mob of Romans, uh, and they are shouting, give us a Roman pope or we'll make your heads redder than your hats. That's quite the chant for an angry mob. Good for them. I've seen cardinal hats. They're very red. (laughs) Now, the cardinals were split in this little chamber where they're trying to figure out. There were three French cardinals three Italians, and one Spanish cardinal. Um, so, as we know, there's this takes a while. It takes a few days to kind of figure out. And during those days, the mob started to get more drunk and more violent until they finally stormed into St. Peter's Basilica. The cardinals were forced into the upper chamber, and the rioters started to burn everything flammable on the first floor and started to lance the ceiling with lances in order to kill the cardinals above. <laughs> wow. Maybe this place will burn white, and then they've got a pope. <laughs> yeah. It's me. <laughs> so the holdup with the cardinals was obviously like, you know, the Italians, you know, you've got the French and the Italians. The French people want to elect another French one. The Spanish one's kind of, like, indifferent. But eventually, this in- intimidation forces them to all be like, okay, we need to pick an Italian pope now. So, one of the considerations was this guy named Saint, or not Saint, uh, uh, Cardinal Peter. Uh, so, he was actually the cardinal that was in charge of... Sorry, I don't know what his actually. I don't know what his name is. He was the Cardinal of St. Peter's. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah, he was just this really old man that watched watched over St. Peter's, and they picked another one. But then the other one they thought was too young and ambitious. Like he was in his thirties, and you got to pick an old man as a pope. Um, was it Jude Law, the young pope? Yeah, Jude <laughs> Jude Law. <laughs> so. They decided to pull one out of left field and go with a bishop who was born in Naples and worked for Greg Eleventh in Avignon. He was actually kind of a paper pusher. Uh, he kind of did like paperwork and stuff for the 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 papacy. His name was Bartolome Bartolome Pregnano. Now the problem with picking Bart was that he was not there and there was literally mobs trying to lance them through the floor. So in order for them to keep the mobs happy, they dressed up the old Cardinal of St. Peter's in the Pope robes and just like presented him to the crowd. Like here's our pick. Stop riding. Awesome. All right. You know, that, like Christmas when you do the Santa thing, we need you to do that. But instead of Santa, you're going to be a Pope. You're going to be the Pope today. You're going to be the Pope. No yeah. one's sitting in your lap, and we're going to try and keep you far away from the crowd. It's but. just like a 20-minute gig. You're going to come in. You're going to say, ho, 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 it's me, Pope. <laughs> then you're going to walk out that door, and everyone's going to clap and unwrap their dreidel. Yeah. He's like, what's the soup of the day? <laughs> Good. Keep that energy going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep asking questions. Holy questions. Uh, so a few days later, they tracked down this guy, Bart. And he's, they're like, yeah, you're the new pope now. And he becomes Pope Urban VI. Oh, another um, great pope name, Urban. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pope Keith Urban VI. <laughs> pope sticker on flat cap. <laughs> um, so basically he was elected because he was Italian. Um, now, now, we could do a full-on roast of uh, Urban VI, but I'm going to kind of go over some like key points about him because he plays a kind of important role here um 
so it's interesting because this guy, uh, the original guy, uh, Bart, uh, Urban the Sixth, came from the slums of Naples and actually worked his way up to bishop. So he was like a career um, kind of church guy. You know, never <laughs> would consider being pope ever. Okay. Um, he, he just he got in it for the steady job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a, a clerical clergyman, paper pusher, um, and wasn't expected to rise any higher. Um, and now that he was in the role of Pope, all of his pent-up bureaucratic rage was released with this, like, new power of being the head of the Catholic Church. Forms. <laughs> forms for everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he just like goes on this whole like tirade of like knocking down all these cardinals and like you know cursing them out and like excommunicating this guy, excommunicating that guy. Um, and the cardinals who elected Urban the Six were not too happy about that, um, and they started to say that, well, we were muscled into electing this idiot because there was a mob outside of, you know, where we were trying to pick the pope. Um, also, neither was the woman, uh, that woman, Catherine, who was the living saint. She was very much, remember, she had banged a French pope, so she was very much, like, pro-France, even though she was Italian. Um, so a few months after electing Urban VI, a bunch of the cardinals left um, Rome to, like, an outside city in Italy, and they decided to elect another pope, this time a pro-French pope, pope named clement the seventh now now we have uh overlapping with urban yes so two we popes. have two popes okay interesting yeah. elected now, by the same people that's the interesting part yeah yeah elected by the same people because urban was such an asshole and they also had these mobsters well, yeah like the first vote there was like mail-in ballots there was all these like bad <laughs> yeah. election machines so they just had to redo it again of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> dominion so, fucking us again yeah, yeah. so clement the seventh's real name was uh robert of geneva and he was actually one of the cardinals that was so he he voted for himself because he was one of the french cardinals that elected urban okay nice so uh, Robert was a very interesting cardinal. He never wore any type of robes. He used to walk around in armor and didn't hang out with any bishops. He just hung out with cold-blooded mercenaries. <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah, I, me too. Pope Bob. <laughs> yeah. uh, prior to becoming Pope, uh, Robert of Geneva had led a band of mercenaries to stop a rebellion in the town of Sensena, uh, where he violently killed 4,000 citizens and exiled the rest. <laughs> wow. All right. So he's yeah. efficient. He's a pope with meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have two popes. We have Clement VII, um, who immediately declares Urban invalid. He excommunicates Urban. And then moves the papal see back to Avignon. Yes. You know what I find funny about all this is that like every single move he makes that are, that's being made at this time takes like forty five days to get through. <laughs> yeah. Like er, the guy's like, get rid of Urban now, and some guy is like, all right, I'll get go, on a horse. I'll, I'll go tell him. <laughs> yeah. I hope I make it there. 
<laughs> it just takes fucking forever. It's like, all right. Well, it's coming. It's in the mail. Yeah. So if if you're already not confused by two popes, um, or Clement the Seventh is actually a pope that we talked about when we did Martin Luther, but that was a different Clement the Seventh. Yes, who was a Medici that was elected Clement the Seventh during the 16th century, and the Medici specifically chose uh, Clement the Seventh to hammer in the fact that the Avignon popes were anti popes. Yes, gotcha. Love my pope <laughs> drama. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. So now we have two popes, one in Rome, one in Avignon. Both of, e- both of them are calling each other the anti-pope, and they're excommunicating people, but then, you know, who's got the real say from God? There's all this fucking yeah. shit going on. They're probably calling You're- each other a lot worse things than the anti-pope. <laughs> yeah, probably. Words we can't say on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're very censored here. This is a Catholic show. This is a Catholic, yeah, exactly. You'd never say anything uh, that wasn't pious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, on a macro level, Europe is divided between Urban and Clement. Wars break out, and it's really fucking stupid. On the micro level, uh, people, the average person and clergy of different areas are very, very confused because... Some clergymen are preaching pro-Clement, and some are preaching pro-Urban. And you imagine back in, at, in this time, the church was super important, you know, yeah. to the yeah. average person. So I'm sure that, like, in Italy, they probably supported Urban, and in France, they probably, for the, for, you know, generally speaking. Generally, Do you know, like, yeah. what's going on in Denmark? Like, <laughs> who are they supporting? <laughs> So that's a good point. So, like in France, they supported the Pope Clement, who was French, um, and the government would actually go around and like spy on that clergyman or anyone. And if you weren't preaching for the French Pope, you would be either arrested or put to death as a heretic. Nice, good, good, good. Yeah, very simple. Yeah, but that didn't stop people from doing it. You know, some mm-hmm. people were living in France being like, no, Pope Urban is the real Pope. <laughs> so, what a dumb hill to die on. Right? Who is the real Pope? Yeah. I don't give a I mean, shit. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think when it comes down to it, it's like Catholics really just are the weebs of Christianity. You know what I mean? They get all dressed up and they like have all their little symbols and shit. And like, that's why when you watch like some animes are like, all about Catholic, you know, religion and yeah. stuff. I've They're real sticklers that. for the rules. If you go, mm-hmm. if you break the rules even a little bit, they get all pissy. They're They're very like, or- no, 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 mm-hmm. you, you got to do mass this way. <laughs> They're very Actually, ornate and like, and everything needs to be a certain, like everything's ornate and it all has a reason. Yeah. Which is really annoying. Like, mm-hmm. see the gold trim on these pews? That represents XYZ. And uh, look at all these colors we use during this time of year. Lent, you know, Friday. If it's Friday, ye shall not be partying with meats. Right. Um, Burn these candles, but yeah. in this order. It's Yeah, it is weird. I mean, there are worse religions when it comes to dumb shit like that. We know, but um, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> who, who cares? It's yeah. all dumb. So Ermine would have been very aware of the schism, even though she was an illiterate peasant. And I thought this was really interesting because uh, the source that I was reading 
the term illiterate at the time was not really the conception of like what we consider illiterate um, in the Middle Ages. So um, primary sources would usually call someone illiterate when they just could not speak Latin. And of course, <laughs> sermons, sermons and church documents were all written and spoken in Latin. But that didn't mean that the average person couldn't read or at least like know some words. Like if you put up a sign or gave them a written pamphlet, they might you... know pub. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, um, it's not hard to know a few words. I mean, we've Travis, you and I struggle reading full sentences on the show constantly. Mm hmm. Would would you call us illiterate? I don't know. Yes. That's one <laughs> yes. for the people who listen to the show to answer. Yeah. Let us know. I, I would say maybe that is the new threshold. If you can't just read a fucking sentence and not go, um, uh, like a um, hundred times like <laughs> we do. Maybe that's the new illiterate. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we are just shrimp people floating around in the sea of knowledge. I would just say I'm illiterate. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Now, even though I'm saying some peasants could read some things, that was not the case for Ermine. She was <laughs> as dumb as a brick. Uh, <laughs> Jean Legravior actually said that uh, she struggled with daily describing daily things to Ermine, and she lacked even the most basic education. All right, uh, real, real dummy. sling blade. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So, this is pre-printing press. Obviously, once the printing press came around, we had a whole different type of schism with the Reformation. Um, but there were ways that people could circulate pamphlets or doing clandestine sermons to people in the Reims area. Um, and these, what I mean by clandestine would be promoting not the Avignon papacy, um, promoting the Roman Pope, Urban. Um, one man in particular, another Jean, not Jean Legravier, um, uh, who was Ermine's protector, but a Jean Varnez um, was one of these guys going around preaching for Urban. Now, Jean Varnez was a hermit who once was an official in the Avignon papal court, but was now preaching pro-Roman sermons in the woods outside of Reims. I like this guy. Yeah, uh, and just to, top yeah. Off, yeah. just to top off the extra level of craziness, he fashioned himself as the second coming of Moses. Oh, even better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't even know you were coming, Moses. We've been talking Ooh. about Christ this whole time. <laughs> yeah. And all it's of a sudden, wild Moses. When are we going to get another John the Baptist? <laughs> Maybe that's why he got kicked out of the court of Avignon. Uh, but he was in the woods talking about that I'm Moses now. Well, it's Look like Moses tablets. leaving the pharaohs. So, right. yeah. ipso facto, <laughs> he is Moses. I'll tell you how I know I'm Moses. I wake up every day, there's sand in my eyes, like I've been in fucking <laughs> Egypt, all right? What else do I need to tell I burn you? bushes yeah. in the woods before I preach. <laughs> I got a stick. I call it my snakes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We're going to call him Crazy Gene, because there's two genes at this point. I just, yeah, crazy, so crazy Gene. Crazy Gene. Old Crazy Gene. Yeah. Um, now, this would have been something that Ermine had heard about. It would have been another thing that was kind of in her mind. Obviously, her protectorate, Jean Gravier, uh, was a Avignon supporter and denounced weirdo crazy Jean in the woods. But Ermine seems to be a little bit torn 
uh, and probably just confused because she's illiterate. <laughs> there are two popes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I can't believe the things you tell me. <laughs> what do you mean, two popes? There's only one pope in the sky. <laughs> That's the sun. <laughs> That's the sun you're talking about. That's, the, that's not what the Pope looks like. There's it's only like a one Pope. She's just like a Teletubby, like staring into the sun, rubbing her stomach. Hermine, no. <laughs> that's not dessert, it's soap. I thought it tasted good. So after a few years of Ermine living at the church with Jean Gravier, he starts to notice something particularly odd about her. Um, and that is when she comes in for morning mass, she's usually beaten the fuck up. Like, black eyes. Oh. <laughs> like Poor Ermine. Yeah. This would um, make sense if your husband hadn't died years ago. But <laughs> what's going on at home, Ermine? <laughs> well, the simple answer to this, why she's all beat up and gross, and uh, was that Ermine practiced strict and harsh ascetics. Now, it's not aesthetic like the uh, vaporwave thing. It's ascetic. Um, now, what is ascetic? Well, <laughs> it's the creepy. That's, that's, that's how you describe aesthetics? Like, <laughs> like something that's well, everywhere? You know, vaporwave. Yeah, vapor. yeah well, yeah, they, that, they made that that's term. Aesthetics. They, they made that term. They were like, uh, aesthetic. I just find it funny that's, that's yeah. what you, that was your reference point. That you know, was like my reference. This, you know, vaporwave. Well, not like a Chinese restaurant, like vaporwave. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, yeah, we're talking about not, You're aesthetic. not wrong. I just, I, I thought it was a funny yeah. example. Now I want to go to a Chinese restaurant in vaporwave aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like at those like old 90s cups. You yeah. just ask them to fill general sows up in it. <laughs> that is an aesthetic. It's, yeah. a, it's not just a flavor. So aesthetic is the creepy medieval Catholic whipping, beating, and so, so much more than you even kind of knew, knew about depicted in like movies obviously Hair we see the roaming gangs of people slashing their backs with whips we're gonna get into yeah mm. that is just the 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 that's like stick sticking the tip in of what yeah. ascetic is all right i think hair shirts are my favorite version of it <laughs> we're gonna go in crazy hair shirts are <laughs> yeah we're gonna go into some details right now about hair shirts so the ascetic model is, uh, you know, if you had to define it, it's the fasting and prohibition of sexual pleasure, deprivation of sleep, restriction of speech, poverty, uh, poverty mortification of the flesh, uh, self-mutilation, and compulsive weeping. Those are kind of the tenets of what this is. Compulsive weeping. I don't really feel like that's a tenant, but a side effect of the other... <laughs> Tenants. Yeah. I'm not actually crying because I'm yeah. whipping myself in the back. I'm forcing my tears yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> it really hurts. Why are you crying? It's not because it hurts. It's not because <laughs> I'm stabbed myself with the stigmata. It's not because there's a uh, clarinet reading my asshole. <laughs> well, people got really creative with, with this aesthetic. Now, we talked about hair shirts a little bit on the countdown. They're also known as Celice. Something like that. Um... Well, let's dive a little deeper. So the hair shirt is an undergarment worn by devote, devout Catholics uh, to wear as uh, penance 
you know, to show like, ah, oh, look, God, I'm hurting myself. It's great. Um, now, this was these shirts were specifically made to irritate the skin, um, and their most basic version was made with coarse animal hair. But people who wanted to up the pain would add things into it, like twigs, metal wires, and even spikes. Oh, awesome! Were porcupines around, or, or are they and porcupines? Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. I feel like I remember like sometimes they'd use quills mm -hmm. from porcupines to make the shirts. This yeah. sounds great. We should open up. Uh, what, what, uh, what? What's the name? What was the name of the? Fuck the. the... The fashion line that just did it was in that all the Balenciaga oh, Balenciaga, yeah, 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 yeah. Hair shirts, yeah. <laughs> Balenciaga hair shirts for children. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Imagine getting a bear hug while wearing one. <laughs> yeah. Come here, buddy. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. So one of the most extreme hair shirts would belong to a man named Henry Suso. His hair shirt, uh, he put on some additional on a, on top of the hair shirt, he, he wore it with chains. You know, like real metal and shit. It laid mm. your body down. Um, and uh, he, he kind of did this in like a fashion forward habit type of thing. So this was uh, the quote of kind of what he did. He wore a tight fitting hair undergarment for the upper body with 150 nails embedded in the straps of the garment that he directed inwards. Oh. And he slept in this device oh. and it was tied down with chains. <laughs> All right, loser, do whatever you want. Your body. <sighs> Fucking freak. <laughs> yeah. So on top of the hair shirt, pr uh, practitioners of ascetic uh, would often uh, tie the shirt with ropes or chains uh, using extremely tight knots. Um, we have a few extreme examples. One is from Arnoff Villeneuve, um, who used... Um, he, he said that it was said that he used the rods and stems of trees to beat himself, rolled in nettles, and embedded a rope into his flesh until it began to fuse with his body, producing worms and a horrible stench. Oh my god. Imagine that yeah. guy walks into your fucking uh, library one day and you're just <laughs> like, dude, you want me to go to the hospital? He's just like, oh, I just love God. I feel great. I really, really love God. That's why I'm doing this. This is for him. And here, here you go. So if that wasn't enough, he also wore a vest with his hair shirt with, uh, made of 11 hedgehog skins that he tied around his body with tight ropes. That's so much rope. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a lot of work. Why don't you just kill yourself? Yeah, right? Be easier. Another example is Elspeth of Orr. Uh, she nailed a studded cross to her body. Um, and then tied it to her body using a belt. And then she, quote, sits endlessly rotting in her habit uh, and does nothing to ward off the maggots and worms gnawing at her flesh. She uh, <laughs> flagellates herself with a studded, with a nail studded whip. Could you imagine, like, the people in her life? Oh, my God. Cracking the door <laughs> open, just letting Elizabeth, a little light please in. please shower. Yeah, you, uh, you need anything in there? You, uh... You okay? You want a piece of bread? <laughs> Do you want us to just kill you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like my new piercing? It's a whole crucifix I nailed to my chest. <laughs> what a weird way to like show devotion to God. This makes this makes like those dudes, those soot boys with the fucking shit, you know, shooting out of their their trucks. 
Uh, you ever seen those guys? What, the coal rolling? Yeah, the coal rolling. Yeah. F- like, those shitheads. It makes them look, like, civilized. It makes them look you know, rational. Like, it makes them look rational. Uh, uh, like, yeah, like, <laughs> and they're they're downright retarded, and, like, Travis is taking us to a place where that would make more sense. Yeah. Just do this for no reason. I mean, if you're going to nail anything to your body, it should be truck nuts. Oh, my God. Like, to your chin. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Both elbows. Yeah. <laughs> so our last case that I want to bring up of this self-harm is a woman named Dorothy of Montague. Now, Dorothy would place uh, nutshells and other sharp objects into mysterious wounds that would spontaneously erupt all over her body. In order to prolo- prolong the pain, she wore a rough hair shirt that she- and submerged her wounds in brine in order to keep them open. I think my theory is that if these people were around today, they would just be super into BDSM and not religious at all. I think they just love pain. I like that. I feel like that's the only explanation. They're like, why this makes me really aroused, and so that must be God talking to me. Well, in a, yeah. in a in a day and age like today, where there is really no God, you know, our society doesn't really have yeah. a God at this point. Yeah, yeah, BDSM or. Those like people like tattoo their eyeballs and shit. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or like like turn into lizard people. Yeah, like yeah. those fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what they are. Yeah, they're. I some, mean, some it's one or the other. There might be something else we're missing. That's like some some like subculture that we don't even know yeah, about. Right. Yeah, so I mean even stupid. even in like a modern sense of like be like this is extreme. You know, I mean like shoving nuts into open wound like yeah. nutshells into open wounds like. <laughs> yeah, and it, it you know. It does make, you know, when you watch anography with a girl who has two cocks in her ass, it's like, well, it's kind of civilized. This is tame. Yeah, it's way tame <laughs> this is... compared to this fucking nut bitch. <laughs> um, so where does Ermine sit in this twisted scale of religious torture? Well, of course, she'd be caught, she wouldn't be caught dead without wearing at least a hair shirt. So she wore a hair shirt that she tied with knots. Um, nothing too extreme but uh jean gravier did not approve of the self-harming ascetic uh, he was like dude this is really dumb like you know you don't have to do this all right like, jean's no, a good guy all, so far yeah yeah but all the cool religious people are wearing hair shirts but like the, the hair shirt stuff that could vary so you could be like wearing a hair shirt and it might just be like wool and yeah, it's like, like a an little, itchy little scratchy. Or like, socks yeah. that aren't that comfortable. Yeah, exactly. like, I don't know. I kind of feel the knot on there. And compared like, to like the regular clothes they're wearing, how how much worse could it be? Right, between like a soft hair shirt of, of you know, the horse hair. <laughs> like a level like, uh, like an entry level hair shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you do gotta think of it, like the clothing back then must have been awful. Uh all the time. This is all wool, right? Like, yeah, wool, yeah. And yeah. burlap and like you know, like, Old Navy would be luxury to these people. Like, oh, I a kinda, fucking shirt that doesn't have a tag on yeah. it. I kind of picture, like, the hair shirt salesman, like, the guy who's gauging ears at a tattoo shop. You know, he's like, yeah, all right, you know want to start with, like, this, like, <laughs> you know, animal one, and then you're going to, like, build it up. You're gonna put some, like, porcupine and spikes in there. Yeah, do this for two weeks, and then take it out, and then go for this one. Yeah. Welcome to H&M. We have uh, fast fashion hair shirts for everybody. All different fits. Wear it once to a wedding. Drop it off in the mail. Made Send it back in some, to us. Doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> made in some place called Indonesia. I don't know where the hell that is. It's made with children's hair and labor. <laughs> On top of wearing the hair shirt, Ermine 
uh, did sleep deprivation, so she'd stay up for days on end. She'd fast, and she was constantly crying. That must have just been so annoying. <laughs> so, again, again, just yeah. a side effect, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there was also some light flogging going on. Nothing as extreme as, like, whips with nails embedded, but, you know, she'd whip herself. Light flogging does sound like masturbating a bit. Yeah. <laughs> A run off for a quick light. I'm have a light flog. Yeah. A light yeah. flog. Ten. <laughs> um, <Pardon> me, guys. <laughs> so Jean or uh, Ermine wanted to up the pain a little bit more. She was like, "This is weak sauce. I'm just wearing a sh- stupid hairy shirt." So she decided to tie a rope around herself, a hemp rope, very tightly, and uh, Jean demanded that she remove it, and uh, she told him like. It had been on for a few weeks, and so when Jean was like, take that rope off of you, you're, like, cutting off circulation to your whole body, and you're turning blue and crying. It's <laughs> gross. You look stupid uh, when you blue and cry. I don't yeah. know. Blue and cry is not your look. Yeah. Try smiling. And this whole thing flesh. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ermine told Jean that she could not as the rope had fused to her body. Oh. All yeah. right. Jean oh. said, Yeah. Jean said, that is no excuse. So Ermine attached one end with a strong nail to the wall and then ran in the other direction, ripping the rope out from under her flesh. Oh, boy. (laughs) That had to have been more than a couple weeks. I mean, I've seen people who come back from festivals with the bands on them. You know, they leave them there for months. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, well, those are, I mean, some of those I think may fuse. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what those people want. Someone who goes to Coachella, they want you to know they went to Coachella. They're just like, yo, I love the band of horses, dude. Yeah. Fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, also, awesome, Tom, those dude. are like, those bands, I, I remember some kid that wore like them all up the arm, you know, oh, I went to so many festivals. But those are like loose, you know, like they can move them around. That's these true. Are, yeah, yeah. These ropes are like tied extremely tight. <laughs> uh, reaching out to all festival promoters, think about tightening them up, right? <laughs> yeah. About yeah. It. Come on. Know, know your customer. Give them a discount the following year. If they come back with it embedded in their skin, mm. little QR code. There you that's go. That's there forever. So we have laid the foundation for a very well-rounded Christian woman here, Ur- Ermine. And she's under the guidance of sub-prior Jean Gravier. Now, everything we've talked about would not raise any alarms to anyone. I mean, it sounds gross, but like people be like, ah, she's living in the church. Of course she's going to do this shit. Uh, She's really dumb, of course, because she's a peasant. But in 1395, let's just say things got a little bit more spooky. A little spooky. I'll say. So Jean decided to record Ermine's confessions that she would hold every day, every morning, and he compiled them into a work called Visions. And in Visions, Visions documents Irma, Ermine's every day from October uh, 31st, Halloween, uh, 1365, to August 25th, 1396. Did I say 65? 90, 13, I was going to say, we had 31 95, years of no, observation. 13, yeah, 1395 <laughs> to 1396. Okay, about a year. So about a yeah, right, yeah, that would be a lot of writing too. That's, that's that'd a be commitment crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so God, please leave me on this earth a bit longer. Yeah, I know I'm in my. What is she in? She's in her forties. In her forties. Yeah. yeah. All right. She's, I got to see what this crazy bitch gets up to. 
Please forever. keep me alive. <laughs> She's actually trying to kill herself. <laughs> well, you see, when Ermine went to bed, or even when she was out alone, she would see demons manifesting themselves as various people, animals, imposter saints, and they just fuck with her. Like real rat bag 14th century <laughs> jackass shit. Okay. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bahomet, and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ermine, get in the cart. Get in the shopping cart. (laughs) (laughs) And next week, we are going to devote the entire episode just to the demonic antics of uh, jackass Ermine demons. Hell yeah. uh, In in all of her twisted visions over the course of the next year of her life. That's great. I'm going to do the whole episode sounding like Steve-O. We're going to work work on my... uh, my (laughs) We're all going to wear hair shirts as we record it. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. We're going to do it in the dark. We're going to cry the entire time, too, because we know what our audience wants. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Us to not do well. (laughs) I'm going to tie a rope around my balls really tight, and it's going to fuse to it. (laughs) Oh, man. Ermine. Come back to us, sweet Ermine. We love you, Ermine. Yeah. We want to hear about. Can't wait to hear, learn more about her. Who's fucking with you? Who's giving you? Uh, who's giving you the wrong order via DoorDash? What's <laughs> What's happening? We're gonna see a lot of famous saints come into play next week. Nice, like Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Nice. That's a football <laughs> joke. That's a football joke. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. football joke. <laughs> Uh, it's good to be back in America, and good well, to be back doing the show. Yeah, yeah Connor, we're also going to see some Packers, too. Let me tell you oh, about that. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> mm. Good. So, all right, you listened to the first part of Ermine de Reims, um, as that is definitely how it's said. Thanks for listening. This has been Roast Mortem. Uh, Connor, you have any thoughts before we close out on this? No. That's good. Was I supposed to? No, no. Just, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. Actually, I, I, the show I was excited time. by the two popes, and now I think I want to find someone, one of the two popes, and maybe do a story on him. So, oh, yeah. Because it's we, such a I, hilarious. They're just excommuting each other back and forth. Yeah, like, I, I feel like if you did Urban the Sixth specifically, because he's... I read, uh, so I read, like, a couple different sources for this. I also read a book called, like, Bad Popes or something, and it was just about the popes. I read way more than I needed to, but he's definitely someone that you should deep dive into, Mm. for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, Trav, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. This rules. Yeah. Everyone Uh, pick up aesthetics. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're all going to do this. Wear your hair shirts. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, put a. I'm just gonna put shit in my ass. That's like the yeah. easiest way. Get an it's, uncomfortable butt plug. Yeah, yeah. It's not self harm if it's for God. That's true. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so if you've enjoyed this and you're thinking about getting into aesthetics, um, go to Patreon.com/slash/RoastMortemCast. Why don't you do some financial aesthetics? And yeah. Just fork it over. Okay. That's yeah. right. Four hundred one k. We're not. RA, I'm not saying we're funds. the gods or anything like that, but it's just just. Send it out there. Yeah, it's um, like charity. That's part of the shit they do. They give away everything they have. Yeah. Kind of. We and then you'll like, be crying about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we are like St. Jude's. We're kind of dumb. Uh, we're limping along with this podcast, having a great time uh, playing Donkey Kong, per se, yeah. but while sitting through chemotherapy. Slowly losing our hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go, I don't know, we have social media stuff. 
roastmortemcast.com. You get the merch there, Travis's dick hats and all that shit. Yeah! And uh, yeah, that's, that's usually it. Yeah, give Mike some money. Yeah. Yeah. I miss Mike. I hope Mike comes back for the demons next week. I'll, I'll give you a quick uh, how's your week from Mike. Mike got a dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Congrats, Mike. Nice. Good. It's a good one. That's a form of a scent. Yeah. <laughs> it shits all over your pillow. Smelly. And... <laughs> oh. All right. Thank right. you, Shane. Thank you, Shane. Everyone, bye. bye.